Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wildcard on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. She is described as a crafty version of Selena meets the Hallmark Channel with a dash of Oprah optimism. She has even had her own line at Michael's, and her book, Forever Frida, is a fan favorite. And if you like crafting, you have probably heard of Crafty Chica and followed some of her fun and culturally themed craft videos on TikTok, Instagram, or YouTube. This week's interview is with artist, author, designer, and speaker, Kathy Cano Murillo, better known as Crafty Chica. It's such an honor. Thank you so much. It's so nice to talk to you again. Are you kidding me? You are... La Madrina de las Latinas with branding. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you started Crafty Chica, what, 22 years ago? Yes. Yeah. For those that may not know you, what is Crafty Chica and how and why did you start it? Crafty Chica is a lifestyle brand that celebrates Mexican craft tutorials because I have always loved to make things and share them. I got into the craft industry while I was a newspaper columnist, realized that it is a $43 billion industry and Latinos make up 20% of the population in the United States, yet we are not reflected in the craft industry. It's like the same story across the board. So I thought by starting Crafty Chica, I could share tutorials of crafts and DIY projects that were trending all across the country and give them a Latin spin. I'm third generation Mexican-American. I'm a fourth generation maker. In my, I come from a family of, of tinkerers and makers. And I just thought it would be a great way to, to represent our culture in the industry. And it led to so many amazing things of 
people using tutorials to make extra money to uh, buy, you know, school supplies for their kids or to just make party favors for a wedding or just for mental health to make something to relax, to journal. There's so many aspects to it. And here it is 22 years later. And I'm really proud that it just every year, it's like a whole new story. It keeps evolving. What is your main focus now? Right now, my main focus is working on a giftware line. I have, we all have our wish list, right? And I feel like 22 years into this, I feel like I'm a little bit further in the timeline than a lot of people who are starting now or who've maybe done it for 10 years or five years. And what I've learned is that keep making that list of what you want to do because you have time to do all of them. And one thing that has always been on my list was to have a finished goods giftware line in a national retailer. So for, I'm currently working on um, 2024, 2025 and designing for those, working with the manufacturing company that we present to these major retailers and it's visualizing that end goal. So that's what I'm working on. I have my day to day, which is, you know, sharing tutorials, sharing inspiration, um, working on other day to day projects. But I always work on the big vision projects, something every day to work on the big you know, vision projects. I love that so much because it's it's something to get excited about besides the day to day, even though, you know, the day to day exactly keeps us engaged and we, we have passion, but then it becomes day to day, right? A hamster wheel. <laughs> yes. Hamster wheel. Yes. We always have to think one year ahead, two years ahead, five years ahead, mm -hmm. because it, I mean, design, I'm de designing right now for 2025. Wow. These retailers, they plan 18 months ahead. So, we need to start now. And, you know, if we want, it's like book publishing, you know, it's just, it's such a long cycle. Right. And the more you put it off, the, you know, days keep passing by right. either way, might as well start working on it. Exactly. I love that saying days keep passing by either way. Right. Right. Uh -huh. Time is going to fly, whether you sit still or you work on your long-term goals. So might as well do both. And I designed mm -hmm. uh, paper crafting products. I designed journals. I designed calendars. And those are all amazing. Right. What I want to design now is like finished goods in the store, in the giftware, like something wow. that you can uh, package up. And I'll just tell you my dream project, they're called Amiga Angels. And I have been making hand painting them for 10 years on my website. So I partnered with a manufacturer. Mm -hmm. I shopped for different manufacturers and uh, found the one that fit great with my alignment. And so mm -hmm. now I, I have to sketch them. I have to get the samples made. I have to do A-B testing and put it all the package together so that we can present it to the buyers and make the buyer fall in love with it. So that's the big goal coming up is finished goods, like giftware items. Mm -hmm. You can just buy it like when you go into Target or Walmart or any local boutique and you can buy a figurine or you buy a little ring dish or all of those are finished goods ready to go. There's opportunity for all of us to be reflected on those store shelves.
Amiga Angels. Talk to us about the story behind that. Amiga Angels. Yes. Well, um, I am a strong believer in guardian angels. I know many of us are, but you know what? Every time I went to buy an angel, they looked sad or they didn't have a face or they were looking down or they just didn't, they didn't have my vibe at all because I look at my guardian angels is my spiritual cheerleaders. Like they are a team. They want to help me and they're excited because that's their one job is to be a guardian angel. So I started designing happy angels. And so I call them Amiga angels. And I have people that, you know, every um, Mother's Day or the holiday season, people buy them for all the women <laughs> in their family. My husband even paints some. He calls some cholo angels and he paints them like men and it just really took off and I thought you know this is something that we need we need happy angels <laughs> just like you you are you exude so much joy and it's it's like can you bottle that oh, up and, and and sell it and amiga angels is you <laughs> bottling up that joy and selling it right <laughs> Yes, yes, exactly. It has so much meaning to it. And, you know, we all have a real life Amiga Angel, or if we're lucky, several who have been there for us. They're our friends and they're excited. They're not stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> You've worked with big, big, big brands. Like you, I'm not sure if you still have um, a line at Michael's, but you've worked yes, with Michael's, Yes, right? so I had a product line in Michael's for eight years and it was amazing. It was the first time they ever did Dia de los Muertos there. It was with my product line and they were scared because it was so different. It ended up being the best selling products. And the next year wow. I went back for to see my product line there and they had their own product line of Day of the Dead. So I was really proud of that. Like they took a chance on me and it paid off. And that was a right. wonderful experience. But I'm the type where um, I don't like to, to stay in one place forever. I want to grow. I want to evolve. And that mm -hmm. was designing things like, um, you know, like t-shirt iron-ons. And I left that manufacturer to a different manufacturer for scrapbooking. Because we also, in our culture, we do a lot of journaling and scrapbooking. So I learned how to design cardstock and stamps and stickers and die, metal die cuts, all of that. And I just love being able to put the Crafty Chica brand in these different categories of the world of creativity. So yeah, that was with yeah. Michaels and and um, I still work with them. I did a bunch of TikToks for them. So I still work with them all the time. They're a great company. But I really love the way that you think big because now you are kind of taking the bull by its horns. And I feel like you always have. But in this case, you're creating your own product. You're not asking anyone for permission. And then you are going out and literally knocking on doors and saying, this is what I can produce do you want to buy it? Right. And, and talk, yeah. talk to me about that dynamic, because I feel well, like there's, there's been an explosion of a lot of Latina creators yes. and all kinds of, and I feel like we're a little behind as far as being savvy on how to sell ourselves or yes. how to put in okay. a product. So I will break it down for you <laughs> because this is something that could be a, a much bigger in-depth conversation. Yeah. I'm a big person about manifesting 
combined with doing the hard work. What mm -hmm. I learned early on when I had those 300 accounts, I'm talking Bloomingdale's, Urban Outfitters, like having to do dozens, I hated it. And I swore if I ever went back to designing, I would partner with the manufacturer who knew how to do all of that back end stuff. Mm -hmm. And so with this, I've never had to knock on doors, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> I have always presented it as I want people to find me. I want the right people to find me. How do I make them find me? Number one, having a website that is updated, that with if anyone has goes to my website, goes to my social media, gets my newsletter, I want them to say, I want to work with her, or I want to make that, or I want to buy that. That is the first thing is I want to, because uh, I can't be there all the time to sell my product or to give an elevator pitch. So I rely on these other platforms to do it for me. So the website has been amazing because I've um, evolved it. I've stayed up on it. I post consistently on there. I do Google SEO to make sure that my um, articles are found by the right people. Um, I update my press page. I just always am updating it because you never know who's going to come visit. And I want them to look at it and say, wow, she is, she's got it going on. She is up to date. Like it not only does it look good, but it sends the message that I know my business and I'm reliable and I'm consistent and I will give a hundred percent. And same with social media, you know, having that variety of content showing up, still um, always being authentic. Like I do crafts, but today I did a review on the Little Mermaid movie because I had a personal story to go with it. And then I tie in a craft project with it. So I think the most important thing that people can do with their brand is to make sure all of their platforms are set up so that when the right person comes along, they will get everything that they need, whether if it's LinkedIn, my greeting card product line came through LinkedIn. And so you make sure every platform is you're ready to be found by the people you want and the goals that you want to achieve. And I think that's where it can be easy to kind of fall off a little bit because if you get immersed in doing tons of pop-ups and always selling, 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 you're selling one thing at a time, which is fine. If you love that, like if to do, to make handmade art, if that's what you want to do, build a, a plan around that of doing original handmade pieces. I want it to do I want to be in stores on retail shelves. And so that was the path that I chose and look at the end goal for that. But I think that's the biggest thing is um, making sure all of your platforms are up to date. Make sure you um, like I would always say uh, Crafty Cheek is like ugly Betty meets Martha Stewart with a dash of Oprah. <laughs> and so that way people can see quickly the vibe of it and just carrying through with that, with the content that I put out and the message that I put out. Right. So when you're ready to, you know, package your Amiga Angels as a ready-made product, you already have a set of, of stores that you're going to pitch it to or sell it to? Or, or is, are you kind of in the pitching process? So I am 
like one product line away from it. So um, the retailer who I want to work with mm -hmm. uh, has asked me for uh, another product line, in which I'm working on now. And then um, that I hope will lead to the next bigger one. Because as we know, as Latinas, one of the issues that right. we face going into general market is being in general market, not just being in Hispanic Heritage Month, which is a beautiful thing to be represented for Hispanic Heritage Month. But we're all, all year, we're shopping. <laughs> so the end goal is right. to have all of our product lines <laughs> on store shelves all year round to normalize it. And so this particular one, it's uh, for holiday right. that I'm working on, which is wonderful because it's, you know, it's it falls in December. And then after that, then I work on the next thing. So even with my books, you know, I, when I sold my first book to a publisher, mm -hmm. I already had two other book proposals ready to go. And so I turned in the first uh, manuscript, all of the wow. pictures, my editor loved it. And I said, okay, since you love it, can I show you my other book proposal? And she's like, bring it on. And so I'm like, here you go. <laughs> so I'm doing the same thing with product lines where I always have two or three in the works. I make the prototypes. And I think who would buy this? Why would they buy it? How many mm -hmm. would they buy? Because we all know we want people to buy repeat products and not just like a one-time thing. So just putting, applying all of that into it. And um, so it's, yeah, it takes a lot, but I think that once you get in there, once you get in the door, then it, you know, more opportunities start opening up. Right. And like you said, you're a multi-hyphenate. You're an author, a creator, a writer. I mean, so many different things. How do you organize your week? Or, or give us some tips on people that are like you that are juggling different things. Well, the first thing is... Time for a quick break, but we'll be right back with more of Latinas Take the Lead. Don't go away. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure 
it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with more of Latinas Take the Lead. And like you said, you're a multi-hyphenate. You're an author, a creator, a writer. I mean, so many different things. How do you organize your week or, or give us some tips on people that are like you that are juggling different things. Well, the first thing is making sure I feel good. Because if I don't feel good, nothing is going to work. So I make sure to get eight hours of sleep a night. And I have the most luxurious sheets. Like I just like make sure that it's like a, a nice Airbnb in my room. That's my <laughs> little sanctuary, right? Right. And then um, I have to-do list. I plan out my week of what needs to get done. Every night I have a to-do list of what I need to do the next day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before working on um, this product line pitch, I was so nervous. I had so much anxiety about it because we always start questioning our skills, our talent, mm-hmm. like all of it just can seem opportunities can seem unbelievable sometimes like too big. So I sat down and I painted oh. 40 mugs. Wow. <laughs> like I just went in and and just this was my happy place. Wow. Last week I just I told my husband I'm like I am on mug painting production and it it wasn't for any order. There was no deadline attached and it felt so good. I was just going to paint like four or five mugs. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, it's like 40 mugs. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, okay, stop." <laughs> but it it was good for me because I needed to honor that in myself of all of this is it comes from the root of creativity. I love to make things. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I turn everything into a job or a deadline or money, the magic, it's not there. Right. So taking that time to do what you love, to honor whatever that root is in you that made you start doing this to begin with. Sometimes it's um, holding a free workshop to teach other women about Google SEO. Sometimes it's, you know, going to have coffee and just doodling. Sometimes it's painting mugs. Sometimes it's working on a project that 
you know, my, like my novels, like those had nothing to do with anything, but it working on them felt good. I felt like I was doing something for myself, for my future self. Right. So, you know, definitely to do list, always um, putting timelines, time boxes on everything because uh, this week, because I did those 40 mugs last week, this week it was all about a very strict schedule. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a brand campaign that I wanted to do really well so that I, I could get hired back. So I did a shot list. My daughter came, filmed it for me, um, all of that to make sure it was 100%. And then designing stuff, doing the video, all of that. And it all comes from having a to-do list and knowing, okay, this should take two hours. This should take one hour. This I'm giving myself 30 minutes. And time boxing it that way, it helps me stay on track. Awesome. And what is your morning routine, if you don't mind sharing? Oh, sure. So morning routine, um, I wake up, make my bed because it's super cute. <laughs> it makes me happy to see it all finished. And I just kind of meditate for a few minutes to think about um, just gratitude for a new day and thinking about what I want to accomplish for the day. And that usually is like 10 minutes or so. I get up, I'll stretch a little bit, walk outside to get some sunlight. <laughs> and then it starts. Right. I, I'll have my protein shake with my espresso and I start working on my projects. And okay. then I take a little break, you know, during the day. And because um, I could work all night if I let myself. I get really into it. So some nights I'll stay working late. Other times I'll say, okay, wind it up now, wind it up. <laughs> I know. I can totally relate. Yeah, because uh, you get passionate about yeah. everything, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you're working from home, it's it's not a clear cut end. It's not like, okay, it's five yes. o'clock, time to go home. And then and then it's compartmental. Yes. It's not compartmental. I sometimes mm -hmm. I take my laptop onto the uh, living room and I'm typing away and before I know it it's like eight o'clock and it's no I know <laughs> yes mm -hmm. but I also want to ask you you are living and you've been living and I don't know for all your life in Arizona right mm -hmm. talk to us about were you born there um what is I I actually lived in Arizona for two years myself and I have uh -huh. a lot of family there but talk to us about what life is like in in Arizona for you Oh, yes. Well, I'm third generation Phoenician. So my grandparents were here. Three of my grandparents were born here. One was born in Mexico. And um, so for the longest time, I was like, I don't want to live here. Phoenix is boring. But once I became an adult and I started traveling, I'm like, we have it pretty good here. It's like very affordable. Um, there's a very strong arts scene, arts community. And for being full-time working artists for all this time, it, you know, it has served really well to be here. It's definitely hot in the summer, but it just adds to the personality of all of it. And we're, um, I believe 40% Latino population wow. here in Phoenix. And it's, um, there's so many different types of people and so many different types of communities. A lot of them cross over 
Um, I love Phoenix. I love my city. I love the way it has grown and evolved so much. It, it used to be you meet a cute guy at a picnic and then you find out he's your cousin. <laughs> now there's like no chance of that. It's right. like we've grown so much. So, you know, it's been fun to see it evolve and change. <laughs> and did you own a bookstore or a, or a or a brick and mortar? At yes. Some point? So for four years, mm -hmm. I was a, a co-owner of a super cute boutique called Mucho Mas Art Studio. And it was amazing. It was another thing that was on my life's bucket list was to be that shop owner. And I really thought that was going to be my be all end all. Like that's what I wanted to spend the next two decades doing. Mm -hmm. But the universe has a way of talking to us. Our future self has a way of reminding us through our intuition of, you know, the changes we need to make. And after four years, it was doing so well. I just could not deny the feeling that I needed to move from that situation. And um, it's so wild because I left in July uh, earlier that our lease was up in January, but something was just telling me like I needed to move away from that situation. The next month, one of my best friends passed from COVID. Mm -hmm. And then days later, my mom passed away. Mm -hmm. The next month, my uncle passed away and my husband's wow. dad passed away. Wow. There's no way I would have been able to manage all of that still being there. So I am, even though it was a rough exit, like very emotional, um, I'm so glad that I listened to my intuition mm -hmm. because that was definitely guardian angels, future self saying you, you can't be here. Like they knew what was coming around the corner. Right. And um, it was a really, you know, with my mom dying and my best friend, like those were things that were not expected at all. Wow. So um, the store was awesome. It led, it helped lead to the greeting card line because I, I would buy greeting cards from other artists. And every time I would stack the rack, I'm like, someday I want to have a greeting card line, like not realizing like that would, that was the next thing coming around for me. Wow. So I think it's good to pay attention to those big dreams that we have. Mm -hmm. And even if they're not meant for, you know, our whole life, it's meant for the experience and the lesson. And it, you know, I loved those four years. It was so fun connecting with community. I, we loved your books. Oh, we sold a you. lot of your books. <laughs> People loved them so much. And um, just working with all these independent artists and makers and business owners, yeah. it really was so special. Right. And now that you're pivoting into, you know, all of these different products that you are, we will see in the stores. Uh -huh. It's really cool that you were able to get the customer experience as someone that owned a yes. brick and mortar, right? Because now yes. you know how customers interact with products. Like, yes. Oh, exactly. I, I think like uh, the paint on pottery, mm -hmm. you know, I designed the ceramic pieces and to have we had that as part of our studio and I did Latino paint on pottery and so to see people come in and see their decision making even with 
books or with finished goods why would they choose this over that one i took notes on all of it i was always on my phone like no 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 no, no. you know use the color purple more often you know like people always choose purple right so yeah it brought a lot of experience i wouldn't have otherwise known yeah definitely what better customer research do you need customer behavior research do you need than that than actually Mm -hmm. being the shop owner on the other end of the shopping aisle. Um, And you mentioned your daughter a little bit ago. I know she's like a big time influencer now in her own right. Did did she, did you kind of help her along the way or how did that? Yes. Well, what happened was both of my kids, when they turned 16, I bought them their own URL. So my son was into gaming. His is the geek life. Hers was Maya in the moment doing comedy videos. Both of them still do it as their main business now. Wow. My my son has a, a whole tabletop role play games that he just did a big Kickstarter and funded. And my daughter, she went into comedy. She went to work for BuzzFeed and she was on the um, the cast for Beto Like. Mm-hmm. And she left in, I forgot, I think it was 2021. And to do, you know, to go solo. And so, yeah, that's what she's doing now is is doing video content and writing and short films and all kinds of things. And is she close or is she in Los Angeles? She's in LA. She lives in LA. So she was just here for the weekend to visit. And, but she's out there doing the thing. So, and I'll go stay out there and visit her because I have friends out there. So it's fun to have a little place to go to, to visit. And um, my son, he has his brand called The Geek Life. And um, he got married. He has a a, a little baby now. <laughs> and he's still doing his thing. So it has been the best thing to see them do what they love to do. And my kids always joke like, my daughter goes, you didn't give me a quinceanera, but you got me a website and a brand. <laughs> I'm like, okay, maybe we should have done a quinceanera too, but. <laughs> wow. So you have a whole legacy happening with, with Crafty Chica and, and your daughter and son and even your husband who helps mm-hmm. and is a musician in his own right. And an artist. And yeah. An artist. He's an, a painter. Yes. Wow. So we can't wait. I cannot wait for your line to come out. And is it going to be under the Crafty Chica branding? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Awesome. So can't wait. Can't wait. Because we love to see not only your art and, and your talents, but Latinas, we need presence all over. Yes. Right? In every school. Yes. And we all have the skills and the creativity to do it. And the biggest takeaway I can say is make that crazy wish list and say this one I'm going to do in for the second half of 2023. This one I'm going to going to dedicate 2024, pay attention to those things and start working on them because that's how I call it shaking your snow globe. (laughs) You know, you have to shake your snow globe to like reset the glitter and everything when you want to start something new as nothing happens if nothing, if you don't do anything. Well, thank you so much, Kathy, for all of your inspiration for every, the beauty that you share with the world. Um, and I want to ask you, what is something that you're reading, listening to, or doing that you want to recommend? 
Well, I take my blog very seriously and everyone, it's a whole other passive income. If you're looking for an extra revenue stream to have an ad network on your blog, I listen to a podcast called The Blogging Millionaire. And this guy breaks down everything you need to know to set up a money-making blog because we all know the key to building wealth is to learn about passive income and incorporate it into our business. And that's just one way you can do that. So I've been listening to the blogging millionaire lately. I love that advice. I just interviewed Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero podcast, Uh and she started blogging her recipes Mm -hmm. and it became six figure salary and she's still making money off. Yes. Yes. So I, I think I'm going to start blogging too. Why not? You know what? It's a, it's a whole thing. Um, That's a whole other podcast of Mm -hmm. breaking down the dynamics of it, but it's very lucrative. It's passive income and you're serving the community by putting out content that people are interested in. So it's a win-win for everyone. I have one question about the blogging. Um, Mm Do you have to have like a certain amount of traffic in order to start yes. monetizing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's um, Ad Thrive, which is now, they changed their name. I forgot what their name is called, but um, another one called Mediavine. So I work with Mediavine and I think it is 50,000 sessions a month and that they asked for once you get one up and rolling you could add a second blog and that one is less traffic so you could have i only have the one i just put all my energy into the one mm-hmm. and um but yeah you can choose what kind of ads that you want and um i just went to washington dc on behalf of google where they wow. picked uh 52 publishers to tell our stories we went to congress because there's all of these uh bills that are trying to get passed that will uh you know deal with privacy and deal with the ad choices and all of that and so we went to tell our stories and which is a whole other podcast but yeah. it's very important for that people know what's going what's happening online right. and the changes that could be coming up if these bills pass right and um but for now i'm just focusing on getting it done awesome yeah because these bills could kind of um prevent the spread of the blogs, right? Because there might be firewalls or whatever. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, you know, there's one that right now I'll just quickly explain it right now. There's not one general blanket privacy policy. So what's happening is each state is implementing their own privacy policy. So that means anyone who has an online store, a website, newsletter, where you collect information, you have to adhere to that state's uh, laws or you can get sued. How are we going to keep track of every person's data? Mm-hmm. And it's not. So what we're asking for is a one policy for one federal policy that covers all of the states that is the same. Wow. That way we can focus on our content and mm-hmm. you know, serving the, the best content. The other bill has to do with ads of taking away, um, you know, the third party ads where, you know, I don't want toenail fungus ads <laughs> on my website. Like right. right now I have it set up to where 
it relates to what my messaging is about, what I'm about, you know, right. cookware, travel, like health, like happier things. Whereas if they take that away, if they're going to, it's whoever has the most money will put up sucky ads right. on all of our websites. I'm not going to want to run a website that has, I, I won't be able, I won't monetize it anymore. Right. You, you know, and that's hurting small businesses. Yeah. People like us who have small businesses, there are many um, Latina moms out there who rely on their ad money for their blog. Uh, they, they can stay home and take care of their kids or do their business. And if that gets taken away, it's just it's just not fair. And I think it's them thinking more about the bigger companies of like, you know, oh, this company shouldn't monopolize. Well, that company just happens to have all of the tools that we use for our businesses. And there's no other company that has those tools that we can use. Right. So it's a, a much bigger picture thing. So that's why I went to D.C. to talk about that. And, and wow. you know, we all went and told our stories about how it would impact us. In, in front of Congress, you said? In, in oh. front of some uh, senators and representatives. And I'm also talking with um, Arizona representatives here. So um, it's called Internet for Growth is one of the companies and I work with them on a local level to where we'll get a 15 minute call with a, a certain, uh, like we had Mark Kelly's office a couple weeks ago where we could talk about this very topic and they take down all of the notes and all you can do is, you know, they work for us. So we should be able to voice our concerns about different yeah. topics. I think the gem right now, with this conversation or with this specific topic is to be politically active, right? To be active yes. and not just calladita te ves bien bonita, right? Mm -hmm. I love that. I um, also interviewed Katia Echazarreta, an astronaut, Mexican, Mexican astronaut, and she did the same thing. She went to Mexico and, and she was fighting for this bill to also pass so Mexico could allow space travel, um, because it was kind of bad. It was oh, it was yeah. illegal for many, yes. many decades. So I just love these stories of Latinas. Like you're not just focusing on your passion, but you're also mm -hmm. focusing on the bigger picture and how we can all benefit yes. and, and being active. So thank you so much for that. We need. Oh, thank you for listening. No, thank you. <laughs> we need fighters and warriors just like you because a lot of us are oblivious to all of these different things that may and that is the scary us. thing because if you don't know you don't know and the fact that these uh lawmakers can have a personal vendetta against a large company and put a bill together and wheel and deal to get their friends to sign on it's like and we never hear about it there's so many distractions right. that we're not paying you know we're not paying attention to it so it's good to, especially the internet. Right. I mean, we all have our businesses online in some way, shape or form. And we we want to get ahead of the curve to see what is coming up. Definitely. So we can continue doing what we love. Definitely. Um, another question that I ask at the end of our interview is Latinas take the lead is the name of the show. How are you taking the lead? Oh, I feel <laughs> like I have lived my life taking the lead. <laughs> I think it's just a matter of just going for it. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work, if there's a lesson in there somewhere, being fearless and knowing that 
this is our limited time here. We're ha it's like Disneyland, there's Tomorrowland, there's Adventureland, like let's go to all the lands and figure them out and, and have that experience with it. So whether if it's writing a book, like showing, yeah, you can have a full-time job, two kids in art business and still find a way to write 50,000 words at nighttime after everyone's in bed. If I can do it, you can do it, like find a way. So it's just showing by example. Perfect. And and that is my favorite thing. Last week, last month, we went to um, Thailand and as a vacation. And I had so many women around my age, other Latinas say, wow, I would never think to go to Thailand and seeing you on the tuk-tuk, like, <laughs> okay, if Crafty Chica can climb in the tuk-tuk, I want to go to Thailand. I want to go someplace different, shaking the snow globe. That's yeah. the thing. So definitely that. doing things like that. Okay. You need to have that product Shaking the snow globe bike. I know, I think, a snow yeah. globe. You need I know. To have that. <laughs> As a reminder. Every time, just like shake it. <laughs> right. Okay. Sometimes it falls off the shelf, like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> hey, things happen, but we get yes. right back up and keep exactly. trying. Exactly. Yes. Um, and uh, Kathy, where can people find you, your products, everything? Well, you can go to craftychica.com, sign up for the weekly newsletter because I put a lot of fun things in there and then on social media everywhere at Crafty Chica. Perfect. Muchas gracias. Thank you so much for your joy, your light, your talent, everything. You're just, oh, you're a gem. You. You're like, thank you. And vice versa. <laughs> I'm so honored to be here. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and give us a review. Tell your friends and comadres about our podcast and hope you join us next week. Latinas Take the Lead is executive produced by Hodston Reynoso Media Group, LLC, and hosted by me, Naiva Reynoso. Production assistant is Ana Sofia Monzon. Latinas Take the Lead is a production of the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hasta la próxima. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wildcard on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.